Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me today. Um, I've got a special guest uh, from Candente Copper. Uh, their symbol is DNT. Uh, Joey Freeze runs the company, and um, she has a lot of experience down there. Um, she was involved with the team that um, from the early days of the Purina discovery and through to the takeover by uh, Barrick of Arequipa. Uh, so she knows the country very well, and um, she, they've got a fantastic uh, copper discovery or project uh, in a time when uh, copper is uh, under strong demand and uh, not a lot of supply, uh, new mines, which are greatly needed. And I thought I'd bring her on today uh, to talk about Candente. Joey, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks very much for inviting and hosting me. Yeah, well, I uh, I know the Candente and uh, and the project quite well as I featured it in many of my reports in the past, uh, back in uh, the two early two thousands to about two thousand and twelve, copper had been doing very well. During that time, um, in the two times that copper got over four dollars a pound. Um, your company had a value, uh, a price of $2 a share. Uh, now it's over $4 a pound again, and you're at 20 cents. And I think that's very undervalued. So I thought I'd bring you on today, Joey. Thank you very much. So why don't you put things into context? What do you got down there? And what are you working on uh, to move it forward? Okay, perfect. So Candente Copper is focused in Peru and our major project is Canariaco. At Canariaco, we actually have three, three centers, porphyry centers that we believe could be and, and probably will turn out to be three deposits, but we've done most of our work on Canariaco Norte. At Canariaco Norte, we have mostly measured and indicated uh, resource. We do have a little bit of inferred. If you add them together, it's 9 billion pounds of copper, 2 million ounces gold, and 54 million ounces silver. And please refer to our website and all our data to get all the, all, all the details on the resource. That's been established um, since about 2010, 11. And then we, we did uh, launched into pre-feasibility and didn't get it quite completed. It was a few few holes short of a full pre-feasibility, but we, we were allowed to release numbers calling it a pre-feasibility progress report. And out of that, you know, we have, if you, 250 copper was what it works at. So Goldman Sachs picked us up a couple of years ago saying, showing that we're one of, one of 84 top copper projects in the world and we're in the lowest quartile of incentive price and that's the price of copper needed to go into production because our project works very well at 250 copper now, and it has an NPV of just under a billion dollars at that. But nowadays, of course, we're saying, well, let's look more like 325 to $4 copper, in which case our NPV ranges from, you know, 1.98 billion to 2.8 billion, and IRRs of 20, just under 25% up to 31%. Now, what we decided to do in January, February, was take another look at the project and see if we could actually lower the capex and opex so get started on a smaller with a you know smaller um, throughput and then ramp up so we did a desktop study with osenko and now we launched into pea which we're in the middle of and the idea there is to um, 
change things to some degree to make it more environmental, social, um, ESG, you know, um, friendly. And just, um, so there's economic benefits, but there's also cultural benefits and environmental benefits. And what we were able to do, and one of my biggest questions over the years was, we had decided in 2011 to use a roaster that Codelco was using in Chile, or planning to use, and they are now using it, um, for because we have some arsenic. But as it turns out, our arsenic is not really that high. And so the, the, the roaster really was overkill. And because Codelco is using it for 4% arsenic and we're, we're more like 1%. And how did that affect the, um, the capex? Well, it brings the capex down. That alone, not needing a roaster, is, another, is takes off, shaves off 10 to 20%, 15 on average. Um, and then what's nice is we, we did geometallurgical modeling and discovered that really we can do in, and, and as you start smaller, you can do in-pit blending and then pay some penalties. So that's what we're doing with that. It's not like we need another kind of treatment for arsenic. We just don't need to treat the arsenic. And, and it actually turns out that only 35% actually reports to the con anyway. So even though there's naturally some arsenic in the rock, it's going to stay in, the, a lot of it's going to stay in the rock. Um, and then we looked at just uh, combining, doing dry stack tailings instead of wet. We're still in the middle of that study, but we're really hoping to get to be able to do that because they're just much more stable. And then also put put our plant and, and various infrastructure in areas that are further away from any populations. So obviously we can't move where the pit is, will be because the copper is where it is. But everything else, you know, you can move a little bit or, or a lot. And that's what we're looking at. And reducing the number of trucks. So using conveyors, you know, pretty big conveyor systems, but less, less trucks. So there's lots of ways we can improve. So that's what we're in the middle of. And then in addition to that, so that's all at Canyaraco Norte. Now, Canyaraco Sewer has 15 holes Before in that, it. Before uh, that, Joey, so yeah, sorry. when you had done some of your studies in the past, uh, there was a pretty big capex on this project. Yes. And I think when copper fell out of favor, maybe around 2011, 2012, it made it very difficult for a lot of copper explorers that want to turn into a mining operation or at least be attractive to a bigger miner yeah. um, and now that's coming back to life again uh, so I think that's why um, you know we're, we're having a timely conversation here and it sounds like you guys are able to cut down on that capex yeah no that's a very good point thank you for bringing that up and that was a lot of our incentive for doing the studies with Asenko um, now, when we had that CapEx estimate, which is 1.5 billion or 1.56, um, HUD Bay had just built Constancia for 1.7. So we thought, well, that makes sense. We're similar, we'll be a similar size operation. That's fairly, you know, that's fair. They spent that. That's not a bad um, CapEx for the, for the size of project. But you're absolutely right. Since we didn't sell it in 2011 or 12 or 13, um, as, as equity markets and, and copper interest fell off, then it became a big nut that, you know, there's, there's a limited number of people that would spend that kind of money to build a, build a mine. Now, what we're doing with, with the new PEA and, and the idea of a smaller startup is that doesn't take, take away the bigger opportunity. So that doesn't mean Fortescue, who's already one of our biggest, is our biggest investor, or, you know, other 
major companies um, can't, couldn't buy us, buy the project and build it big. But well, and they certainly need, you know, relative to the demand for, you know, the electrification of, of uh, vehicles and the need for the U.S. to rewire their aging uh, power grid, you know, the, the, that kind of a, what you have is needed and exactly. looks to continue in that trend. Yeah. yeah. So there's probably a lot of copper, big copper companies that that's not a big deal to them um, that, you know, especially if you can cut down on the CapEx. Correct. Yeah, there's a lot of optionality in the project now that we weren't sure of before. And um, of course, everybody, everybody's happy to see that the arsenic isn't, isn't a big deal. Um, right. And not needing yeah. that. And then well, I think and the other thing is, is the efforts you're making to bring down that capex are quite important right now. Yeah. Absolutely. So another thing that I think is important is, you know, the elevation situation, you're not in as where a lot of these copper projects are in South America. You're, you're at a much more favorable elevation. Absolutely, our, our um, pit crest is about uh, 3,000 meters. And um, yeah, a lot of- It's not way up in the uh, Atacama Desert there and stuff like that. No, I learned very, a very long time ago that I don't like to sleep above 4,500 meters. <laughs> and Or work very... for that matter. Uh, That's right, yeah. Whereas yeah. Canyon Act is very pleasant, yeah. And what about the water situation? That's always a question. Um, well, the, the deposit itself is sitting just on the eastern flank of the Andes in, in a wooded area. So it's got a lot of water. And then of course, as everybody knows, modern mining will be containing that and not letting it get back into the environment until it's um, at agricultural level. But no, there's no water shortage. We would use less than way less than 10% of the water that's available that's running into the Kanyaraka River. And the Kanyaraka River has a lot of tributaries into it below us. So before any population is using that water, um, our effect on it volume-wise is... So work that's going on right now, I, I read a couple of the news releases. Why don't you get into again? Uh, I think that's really important what you're doing right now to, ch to change the capex and even at today's price, it looks like you're, you're, you have no problem with your opex. Um, so I think the, is that your biggest effort you're making right now, Joey? That's where the dollars are going, absolutely. And, and the huge team of Asenko working on that. Now we're also doing work in the field and that is We've done an up, we're doing an updated EIA study. Uh, it's called EIA semi-detailed for drilling permits because we'd like to be drilling also some resource holes and exploration holes um, between Canyon Sur and Quebrada Verde. Canyon Sur already has 15 holes. We haven't done a resource estimate there yet because we haven't finished outlining, delineating the entire deposit. And Quebrada Verde doesn't have holes, but we're quite sure there's another deposit, whether it's economic or not, or how big, we don't know, but lots of mineralization has been found there. Um, well, so, and then we ahead. have people in the field um, working with the community. 
So re-engaging because, you know, during COVID we weren't, weren't out there and um, getting programs going with them and, and just um, making sure they're happy with what we're doing and, and understand what we're doing because of course they haven't seen us for a little while and then all of a sudden trucks show up and people say, well, they're starting to move the mineral out. The mine's in operation. So, um, so working with them. Yeah. Well, and I think that is a big thing that, you know, really needs to be done is to explain the potential for jobs, the economic benefits, exactly what you're doing. Um, because I think a lot of times those communities, not just in Peru or other communities all over the world, they don't get a good understanding of what, you know, what exactly is going to happen. And exactly. uh, so I think that work is tremendously important. I totally agree. Yeah. So the work that Asanko is doing, what kind of work are they doing, uh, Joey? And will that generate some news that can yeah. uh, bring some attention to Candente? Yeah, it's a, it'll be an updated PEA. So we'll have new NPVs, IRRs, CAPEX, OPEX, all that sort of thing, all new economics. And so PEA, when do you think that might be done? Because that that's certainly something that I think a, a lot of people in this business would want to see uh, to unlock a lot of shareholder value. Exactly. It'll be done either by the end of December or very early in January, if it's not ready by the end of December yet. And that will give people a much better understanding of CapEx, OpEx, cost, yeah. and NPV, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. So that's that's the main work that's going on right now. Oh, well, you also said you're doing the community outreach and some work on the project. Yeah, the, the, the Yaku, who's our environmental consultants, it's actually environmental and social. They've done um, about three field campaigns and they're just writing up all their reports now. And, and so that's you have some very uh, experienced and well-known names involved with the work you're doing and assessment. Tell us a little bit about that, if you could, Joey. Yeah, thank you. Um, so our most recent appointment is Miguel Anchostegui. And um, he, he, his credentials are, are quite varied. Um, he was Minister of Mines during last year for a while, and but he was also Vice Minister of Mines prior to that for a full year. But more important to me is his, is his experience with Goldfields and Lumina Copper. So with Goldfields for many years, he felt, held the position of Vice President and he was in charge of um, social aspects and environmental and, and various, you know, making sure they could operate and, and keep harmony with, with everybody. And, and Goldfields at Cerro Corona was their main mine, which is not far from us. It's Cajamar in Cajamarca, but to the southeast of us. Um, they had very, very good records of, you know, operating without any disturbance and, and problems with the, the locals. So, so um, he has experience at the local level near where yeah. you are and all the way through to government and with major mining companies. That's correct. And he actually was a consultant to us over the years when he wasn't restricted by working for the government um, before and after and and helped me understand that the whole shared value concept that um, is very significant, more than just sustainable development and CSR, 
but also he helped me put together our team of community people. And so he's been very instrumental for quite a while with us. And that's community people right there that know those people to reach out to. Yeah, what's happened there that's really interesting is, first of all, he recommended Jorge Leon, who is our manager of community and, and institutional relationships. And Jorge worked directly with Miguel at um, for Goldfields at Cerro Corona. And Jorge is from Cajamarca, so very nearby, the town of Cajamarca. And he actually was a Catholic priest at one time. So again, he's got a quite a varied background of, of understanding everything. And then he built a team. His, his second in command is a veterinarian, a woman also from Cajamarca who worked, at, I believe, at Goldfields and at Lumina and, and other. And then the rest of the people all come all from our community, Kenyaris. Um, we're very pleased that, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, the education level wasn't that great because people didn't have roads to get, get out to schools and, and um, no internet and such. And now there's 130 young people from the community that are all get, getting university education or, or have already graduated. And so our other, the rest of our team of about 10 people are all from Kenyaris and they speak both Spanish and Quechua, many of them. So, so it's not just jobs and uh, opportunities, it's infrastructure and making, uh, you know, their lives better on the education front. And I'm sure that helps with the food and everything else in the communities. Yeah, no, it's changing. It's changing a lot over the last while. And just are I mean, you able to recruit? Long way to go, but pardon me. Are you able to recruit some local people there to be part of your team? No, we did. Yeah, absolutely. We have 10 people from the and community working for us. Yeah, good. So they you know, I'm down here in Mexico and I know how the, the grapevine works uh, in the communities. So it doesn't take long for people to realize that, you know, this Canadian company is doing a lot of good stuff down here for our local community. Yeah, and they see us as, as a Peruvian company, I think, because we have so many Peruvians, you know, we don't have that many foreigners down there. I mean, they know we're based in Canada, of course, and, and the money comes from here, the stock market here, but um, they do see us as a Peruvian company. Well, you've been down there for a long, how long has it been that uh, Candente's <laughs> I, been down I moved, there? I moved to Peru in 94 with my children who were very young and my husband was already there. And, um, and then in 97, we moved back to Canada for the kids' education. And then um, that's when we started Candente. And we were private three years, went public in 2000, and then spun out. So we have the two companies now, as you know, Chali Gold and Candente Copper. Yeah, and you, um, you're very experienced, Joey. I've known you for a long time, and uh, you, uh, you and your husband uh, are kind of famous in the business. Well, as long as we're not infamous. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little of that too, Joey. That doesn't hurt sometimes in this business. Um, so, uh, but in, in addition to the direct people you have, you've also got a big investment by a major and then you're working with a major consulting company to do this PEA. That's correct? Yeah. Fordescue yeah. is Fortescue. the one that owns... It has 19.9% of our shares, and they're one of the largest iron ore companies in the world. I think they rank fourth from okay. Australia, um, and they're they're reaching 
into South America for both copper and also for just um, green green energy. So they've got various initiatives going on. And do they have any kind of uh, option to keep their position uh, in future financings? Yes, they can um, keep their current equity level, absolutely, in any financing. And then in addition, they have a right of first refusal until two years from when we did our, our, our major investment. And that's, so that'll be until May um, 2022. And that's a right of first refusal on any streaming royalty or debt. So it doesn't affect joint ventures or sale of the asset or the company, but certainly the, the debt levels. Yeah, debt so if you need help to build a mine, they, if they like to like it, they can participate to help you guys out. Correct. Yeah. And even the work you're doing now and into the future. How is the cash position these days, uh, Joey? Well, we raised 1.1 million in August. We did a financing that Fortescue did half of it and Lind Partners out of New York did the other half. So we're well funded through the PEA and into the, the spring, so to be, but um, we believe that you know with the PEA results, there's probably gonna be a op good opportunity to raise more funds at a decent level. At a much better valuation. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, Asenko, that's mm -hmm. doing your PEA. They're a very well-known company. Yes, they are. And they've got a lot of, I mean, internationally, but in Peru, especially, is what we like. Um, so Mina Justa, they were part of commissioning that, getting it into production. They also worked on the EPC, I believe it was, um, for HUD Bay on Constancia. And um, they're working on several other projects right now, you know, either upgrades or updates or expansions or... I like that Constancia name. It was a pick that I made really early and uh, they, the company was ultimately bought out. And uh, that was during the last cycle uh, yeah. when copper was doing very well. So... Uh, it's got a soft spot in my heart. Yeah, no, it's a good one to remember. So uh, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, I said, um, you know, it, it was probably a long time since your phone was ringing regularly. I imagine it's ringing a lot more with investors and uh, uh, people that are looking at uh, good copper stories. Yeah, absolutely. I have to be on, you know, be happy that Email, everybody's pretty good on email um, because, you know, we do have an office open in Vancouver, but I'm rarely in it. And so I just hand out my cell phone number, of course. But, you know, yesterday I'm conducting a, a team meeting with 12 people and it was all in Spanish, except for the one English speaker I had to interpret for. And I had an investor calling me on my cell phone. So, you know, you, you have to manage all that because, you know, anyway, but it's well, good. That's that's yeah. the world these days, you know, Joey, we used to have to run into each other at mining conferences. Now we can get on a Zoom call yeah. and, uh, you know, do a similar kind of conversation we would have in a, at a mining conference we can do right here and everybody can listen in that want, is interested. No, you're absolutely right. And we can both be in our own homes. Exactly. Me yeah. in Mexico, where are you? Pardon me? I'm in Mexico. Where oh, are you? I'm, I'm in um, actually in Whistler at my cabin. 
Ah, beautiful. How's Whistler this time of year? Well, it's starting to get a lot of snow. So I love the golf courses there. are closed, but the, the ski resort will be open not too long. And in the meantime, it's a great place to have long walks, long hikes in the mountains and stay away from too many people. And think about what you're doing with the companies. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, Joey, I'm really glad you uh, you spent some time with us today because I'm very bullish on copper. Um, and I, you know, I, having spent the, geez, it's almost been 30 years in this business. Um, I've seen cycles, you know, I started when copper was trading at around 60 cents a pound. And, um, you know, I seen it go up to almost $5 a pound, fall back down to a couple dollars a pound, now back up to $4 a pound. But this is a very, you know, revolutionary time um, with what's happening with uh, electronic vehicles. And I think that's, I've been talking for years about the, um, about the need for aging infrastructure in places like the United States on their, on their uh, power grid. Now this is going to force them into that. And, you know, looking at that kind of scenario, there's just not a lot of good I remember one time reading a report that they said that they need like the world-class deposits being found every year. That was like a decade ago. And that certainly hasn't happened. So projects like what you guys have, I think are gonna gain more attention in the coming years. What's your outlook for copper? You know this space very well. Well, my motto is gold is money, copper is life. and everybody you know need needs a better life and i shouldn't say everybody needs a better life but many 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 people need a better life with one refrigerator one computer a cell phone for you know at least one person in the family and on it goes and then there's so you know with as the all the developing countries need copper and then are just the big change for to electric you know, as you've said already, the EVs um, is huge, the amount of copper. I, I just had somebody actually say to me they they weren't interested in in copper because they're only interested in battery metals. <laughs> I said, okay. Okay, so how do you get the power to the battery and then to the people that need <laughs> to use that power? Copper yeah. is green gold it's needed for everything you know like you said fridges and stuff i think what's lost a lot on people in the in the developed world and let's not forget that the developed world needs a lot more copper to do yeah. these things that they're doing but you know most of the people this is something that i've learned living down in mexico for the last five years is that most of the world doesn't have a computer and a fridge and a stove and a phone and a television. And they need those things. Those are crucial to life these days. And um, so copper is how you get there. Yeah. No, it's amazing what COVID, you know, let everybody understand is, is, you know, internet isn't for fun. It's for life because it's education, it's health. I mean, Look how it's it's kept you know everybody in in contact and and getting access to what they need. 
Yeah, and education is now, you know, with the COVID situation, a lot of, like I have a helper here and every day he comes for an extra hour and he plugs into my internet and he gets his schooling so he doesn't have to worry about uh, exactly. about uh, COVID. He does it all in my one of my extra offices. Yeah, no, I, it's 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 amazing what you know it what access everybody can have and should have. Right, it's only fair. I mean, it only makes a better world. Exactly. So yeah. I want to close it on one thing, um, Joey. Have you guys done any studies? Uh, recently about where you fit with a nine billion pound resource that has the potential to grow uh, two million ounces of gold 54 million ounces of silver have you to me I remember when you had a higher valuation uh, and um, but where do you sort of stack up you know let's say nine million nine billion pounds of copper and valuation relative to that, you guys must be in the lowest end, like trading at fractions of a penny uh, kind of thing on relative to your value, uh, your resource. Yeah, no, good point. And we haven't done one of those lately. We need to do that. Uh, one thing is, is finding other groups that are um, in, in exactly the same level of studies, right? That's always, you know, or using the same price of copper and that sort of thing. But you're absolutely right. We need to do that. So we're definitely undervalued. We'll work on showing how undervalued. Well, when you're looking at billions of dollars worth of copper and uh, a valuation, what's the valuation here? About um, 50, between 50 and 55 million today. 55 million. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a, I, I understand. I mean, that's a very bullish argument for copper as well finding peers out there that have these kind of resources yeah. to compare yourself to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not too many junior companies have something this advanced. Okay. Well, Joey, I'm not going to take up more of your time. You've been very kind with us. I think we're going to have lots of reasons to talk again uh, in the not too distant future. So uh, I'm going to close it off, but before I do, I want to thank you and invite Thanks, you to Alan. future shows as well. Okay, super. Thank you very much. You can listen into my closing pitch, if you will, uh, Joey, or sure. run no. if you have to. Um, no. As always, folks, my shows are for information purposes only. It's important for you to do your homework. And this is the kind of company I think you want to do your homework on if you're bullish on copper. They have an advanced project that's already has a sizable 9 billion pound resource in all the categories. Uh, if you combine them all together, they've also got a couple million ounces of gold, 54 million ounces of silver. They've got the ability to grow those resources with the truth machine. Their PEA, uh, they're working on an updated PEA that will uh, factor in a lot of these uh, efforts they're making to bring the CapEx down. If you look at their operating OPEX, even at 250 a pound, and we're significantly higher than that, this makes sense. And a question that I would always hear uh, for a company like this is, well, why didn't it make it in the last cycle? And probably a good answer to that was that they were 
doing all these resource calculations and they kind of missed the window. Um, and now we've got copper going up and looking like it's headed above $5 a, a pound in the not too distant future. And um, in that kind of an environment, this is the kind of project that a lot of major mining companies will look at be due to its sensitivity to the price of copper going up. There's just not enough of these out there, folks. There's not enough copper projects that are advanced that can move into potential development of mines. And the world needs more of these in the copper mining space. So looking at Candente with a $50 million valuation and the resource that I've, we've already talked about, I don't think you can find uh, too many undervalued realistic copper projects out there. And uh, I invite you to do your homework on Candente because I think their fortunes are turning. You can see it in the stock price. It's made a, a significant bottom and is now starting to go up the right side of that cup formation. And I'm expecting a lot more of that positive action for them. So check out Candente Copper. Uh, I've, know, I've known this project for many, many years. And uh, now that copper is rolling again, I think this is one that will uh, participate. So check them out, do your homework, look forward to more shows with Joey uh, because she's a very talented geologist with a great project. And uh, I, I look forward to future conversations. On that note, have a great day and we'll talk to you soon.